Hello all, and welcome back to this week's edition of Fins Up Ramley, the only NFL podcast that focuses on Rams and Dolphins content all in one place. Join us this week as we talk about a wild week for Urban Meyer, a blockbuster trade with Stefan Gilmore, and the updated playoff picture going into next week, week five. Join us this week, guys, on Fins Up Ramley. Hello all, welcome back to the podcast, the Fins Up Ramley podcast. As always, I am your host, Dolphin fan Andy, joined with me, Ram fan Ashton. Hey guys, hey guys, ready to talk some uh, nice juicy L's. It is one of those L weeks, Andy, where both me and your team, uh, we we took one a few knocks on the chin this week, Andy. Yes, we did, Ash, and we'll get to the uh, game breakdowns in a second, and specifically the uh, Rams and Dolphins in-depth breakdown in a little bit in the show. But speaking of L, one certain man took the biggest of L's this week, Ashton, as Urban Meyer has been uh, reported and videos have surfaced and tons of leaks have shown that he was in a uh, Ohio bar getting a little too uh, friendly with a woman who was not his wife after the Jags lost this past week. Uh, he did not fly back with the team. He was staying in Ohio for his supposedly supposed to be family, Ashton. But as we see, it was uh, not his family that he uh, got caught with. Some really trouble going on with Urban Meyer, Ashton. The team has has there's reports that they were laughing at, at him once he left the room after he apologized, that they lost all respect for him, lost all credibility, the little that he had. It's a dumpster fire in Jacksonville, Ashton, and it's shocking that the owner, uh, Khan, the Jaguars owner, Khan, came out today, said that his head coach needs to earn his respect back, but yet he did not fire him. So, what do you make of this? How long does Urban have? And why the heck did the Jaguars ever make this head coaching call higher? Uh, and I don't know. I, I feel like almost everyone thought it was a bad idea. That was outside of the Jaguars organization. There are very few people being like, oh, yeah, Urban Meyer in the NFL is a great idea. Unless if you're an Ohio State fan or in the Jaguars. Like, it's just baffling. He clearly is over his head. I mean, the Jaguars played pretty good against the Bengals. So, I mean, they, they had some fight in them. But, like, a lot of the coaching decisions are the reason they lost that game. Um, it was just one of those things where not preparing and not taking the NFL seriously and then going to party, you're not going to win a lot of games in the NFL. If you don't try your hardest every day, very few people can get away with being lackluster or not putting full effort in the NFL. Very few. And most of those people don't last long. And Urban Meyer doing this, it's just, you know, both me and you had a negative kind of opinion on him coming in to that job. We thought it was a bad fit, and it's turning out to be like they could have had someone like Brandon Staley, Andy. They could have had a lot of different coaching uh, hires that they could have gone after, but they went after Urban Meyer, and it's just turned out not to be a good fit in every manner. And when your team's laughing at you, you should just fire the guy. It just it's not going to work out no matter how hard you try. And no matter how much te- the team will try to be polite and the players say, "Oh yeah, I like him." 
they're never going to respect him. And you need to have that respect if you have a cohesive NFL team. Yeah, this was a dumpster fire from the very beginning. I remember me and you talking about this when the hire came, and I was like, that is a terrible decision. Urban Meyer was successful in college, but if you go and you look at his success multiple times, right? He was a national champion with Florida back with Tim Tebow down there, but he was with, he had murderers on the team, legit murderers, criminals. He cheated his way on that team, went to Ohio State, cheated to get a championship as well, left because of health, quote unquote, health conditions or whatever. That was in Florida that he left with health conditions just to go take the Ohio State job, but the point still stands. He was successful in college. Uh, a lot of it was he wanted by paying players. So he came with the NFL. I knew it was going to be a bad hire from the start. He had no unique qualities about him as a coach standpoint, like X's and O's wise, right? He wasn't a gifted offensive mind. He wasn't a gifted defensive mind. Uh, so what did he bring to the table? Not much. And you see that it completely started off wrong in the draft when they go and they get Travis Etienne. Not on, not even the top running back in, in uh, many people's scouting boards, but you take a running back period in the first round, which we've had a lot of history in the NFL, as that doesn't really work out very well. Sometimes you get the, you know the studs and the outliers, but many times the best running backs are later in the draft, and not to mention they already had a 1,000-yard rusher in James Robinson. So Erwin Meyer doesn't seem to know how to build a team. He had a very weak offseason. Even during the season, he can't build a team as he trades away C.J. Henderson for peanuts, really. I mean, Dan Arnold's not terrible, but not he's not going to help the Jags win. And we now we just see another chapter of, of trash coming from Urban Meyer as he lets a woman that was not his wife grind on him, gets a little handsy with her in the bar, um, and, you know, lost all respect from his players. So I don't know how much longer... Uh, the owner of the Jaguars can allow Urban Meyer to how long of a leash he's going to give Urban Meyer. Honestly, if you see him lose this week, um, he could be fired. I really do believe that now he's going to have to win now. And the Jaguars are not built for that. They don't have the roster. They don't have the talent to do that. Um, hold on one second. Okay, sorry, my mom came in. Um, what was the last thing I said? Ashen? Hello? I'm getting grinded on. All right. Um, out of stop. Uh, okay. Here we go. Ultimately, Ashton, it all comes down to Urban Meyer not being a spectacular coach to begin with, and he's going to be fired eventually. Now, will it be next week? Two weeks from now? We don't know, but... If I was the general manager, if I was the owner, he would have been gone the minute that video resurfaced because I don't know if he can come back for that, Ashton. I really don't. Uh, yeah, I just hope that Khan gives Urban Meyer at least four to five weeks of chances, you know, till I think week nine would be the perfect amount of chances. And then right after week nine, they can do whatever they want with him and fire him. <laughs> I feel the same way. We play, uh, we play them in a few weeks in London, so it'll be a nice win uh, that we desperately need, Ashton. But let's kind of move on to a breakdown of what's happening, especially today as we're recording this. Uh, news have broke. You know, the Schefter bomb, if you will. Stephon Gilmore, all-pro cornerback, former defensive player of the year, 
was going to get cut by the Patriots. That's where it was officially uh, reported as this morning. However, the good old Carolina Panthers said, whoa, 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 not so fast, as they give uh, the Patriots a six-round pick in order to trade for Gilmore. So it's not a win-win all the way around, but a huge, massive W for the Panthers, who seem to be doing everything right. They got a gifted offensive coordinator, a coach from the from college that's actually translated well. J.C. Horn, before his injury, was looking like Rookie of the Year, or at least one of the better defensive uh, prospects of uh, rookies in the NFL, looking like a complete stud. And now you get a former Defensive Player of the Year, Ash, and this secondary is going to be really good next year, if not definitely top 10 in the league. Very excited for the Panthers. They're going to keep going. And they lost to the Cowboys this week, but it was a hard-fought game. Both teams look pretty good, and they should bounce back quite nicely. They're still sitting pretty uh, nicely, 3-1 and one in the sixth seed currently in the playoffs. Yeah, the, the Panthers, Andy, look really good. And I think both me and you had a really a positive light on this team going into the season, and they've really shown fruit. Um, they come off to me, Andy, as a nice wild card 10-11 win team still today. And I think next year they're going to be a really, really good powerhouse team once they put a little bit more pieces together and get some of their uh, better players more healthy. Next year they're going to be a team to look out. But for this year, I think they could win maybe a wild card game. They may go and win a divisional potentially, but I, I doubt it. Um, they're still missing a few pieces, so really good pickup by them. Yeah, and also, uh, Sam Darnold has looked a lot, lot better than on the Panthers and than the Jets. I, I think coaching definitely was not in his favor in New York and has just proven that Adam Gaze definitely, definitely ruins quarterbacks. You saw with Tannehill, you saw with Darnold, that they were much, much improved on a new team. But let's move on, Ashton. You see the battle of the century or the battle of the return, whatever you want to call it, as Brady goes into New England, gets booed and is returned, but beats the Patriots in a very close game. Both teams look solid. Mac Jones looks solid as well. The best rookie so far is this season at the quarterback position. But Brady gets the win when it matters and it submits himself as better than Belichick. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, Andy. I mean, Mac Jones looks good. We have to remember in context, though, Mac Jones went into the best situation outside of Trey Lance. So Trey Lance, we still haven't really seen anything out of. Um, but for Mac Jones, I think given his situation, he's doing really good. Um, and he's performing to what I would expect a rookie in that type of situation should. Um, doing pretty solid. Um, really... Tom Brady going in, I think it was a big game for him, but I, I think it's kind of sad the f- fans of the Patriots booed him. Like, the dude gave you guys your only six Super Bowl rings. Hell, if if he would come to the Rams and give us six Super Bowl rings, I'm sure Rams fans, no matter what, would ever boo him. So I don't get why the fan base is hating on Tom Brady. He left... New England, because your guys' culture, at least under Belichick, was a little um, toxic for him. Uh, he might have had other reasons, but he chose to leave, and he has more Super Bowl rings than your team does. Like, you just got to accept that and move on, and he played a good game 
uh, a good bounce back game after his Rams game where he did play good too. So it, it was a solid showing by him. 100%. I would, I would never as a fan boo a man who gave the Patriots the, their dynasty. I mean, obviously that he had a lot of pieces around him, right? Randy Moss, Edelman, many defensive studs like Gilmore and Hightower and Will Fork and all that stuff. Great coaching staff. But regardless, quarterback still has to get the job done. You can have a fantastic team uh, like the Chargers a few years ago that were top five in both offensive defense and do absolutely nothing. So it might be a mix of everything, but the quarterback still matters. So for the Patriots fans to boo him, I, I think that's a little unca- unclassy. But, hey, it is Foxborough. What do you expect? They're not the most classiest of fan bases. Uh, let's move on. The Bears, after winning their game, going 2-2, two and two, officially announced uh, Justin Fields as their starter mo- going forward. Uh, Matt Nagy finally making a choice that's right. I mean, I love Andy Dalton. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but that Bears defense, he cannot lead that Bears defense. Uh, defense, sorry, offense because of Matt Nagy is such a terrible play caller. Uh, I do fear for Justin Fields' life, though, because we see David Montgomery being out of a couple, going to be a good four or five weeks due to, I believe, a, a knee injury, Ashton. Uh, it was not an ACL, so they, they uh, escaped the big blow, but still will miss a good chunk of the season due to a high, I believe it's a high knee sprain or high ankle sprain, one of those two. But, man, I'm happy for Fields. I, I'm very excited for Justin Fields. I believe he was my number two quarterback um, in my pre-draft ranking board of him uh, i'm excited to see what he can do but he is not in a great position right now to win out the gate uh, i do see the bears struggling still this year especially like i said with the montgomery injury and expect matt Nagy to possibly be fired because he does not deserve to be a head coach in this league Yeah, Andy, um, Matt Nagy taking on Coach, I think if it wasn't for Urban Meyer's whole ordeal um, with a shaking girl's butt, <laughs> uh, it really, honestly, Andy, Matt Nagy would be my number one pick for mo- like most likely coach to be fired before halfway through the season. Um, they pulled off a win against the Lions. I don't know if you can call it like impressive, Andy, because really the Lions are it, they're one of those teams where they really don't have the talent to compete, but they do have some players that really, really pour their heart into the game and they try their hardest. And, you know, they've gotten a few win or losses that they shouldn't have. And, you know, that's kind of how the NFL works sometimes. And if you're not on your P's and Q's, you will take a loss. Um, And in lines, when you don't have the talent and you don't play perfect, you're going to lose every game. Uh, So, like, beating the lines, like, congrats, Bears, you're 2-2. and But really, uh, your team is not in great shape, especially with how they're playing. No, no, definitely not in great shape, Ashton. They they do get the win. Uh, let's briefly move on. Let, let's briefly talk about uh, all the results. We're not going to really dive deep into the games, but kind of rapid fire the uh, results. Thursday night, obviously, we talked about this. Jaguars, bar- not Jaguars, Bengals barely uh, escaping uh, with the win over Jacksonville. 
Washington in the last minutes, last seconds of the game, even beating the Falcons 34-30. Bills just absolutely destroyed the Texans 40-0. That's their second shutout of the year for that defense, the first coming from, you know, my Dolphins, Ashton. So the Bears winning the Lions, like we said. Cowboys winning a great game against the Panthers 36-28. Colts winning against the Dolphins. Dolphins keep losing. We'll get to that in a little bit. Browns beat the Vikings in a hard-fought win. Giants upsetting the Saints in overtime and another overtime shocker as the Jets at home beat the Titans 27-24. Chiefs uh, beat the beat the Eagles in a very offensively uh, powerhouse game. The Rams kind of lay a stinker against the Cardinals, Ash, and they lose by 17, 37-20 at home. Seahawks go, go into San Fran, win 28-21. Ravens beat the undefeated Broncos. Packers beat the Steelers and Bucket, we saw Sunday Night Football, Buccaneers barely beating the Patriots in a great game. And Monday night, Chargers basically dominating the Raiders in a 14-point victory. A lot, lot of good games there. We're seeing a lot more of the insurgence of the rise of the Chargers. We see that. We see the Cardinals as a big-time, maybe actual threat, as they're undefeated still, the only, unde- the only undefeated team left. And they do it on the road in Los Angeles. That's a tough place to win. Tough team to beat regardless of where you're at. And we also see the Bills are for real. And the Cowboys are looking like they actually could do something this year. Ashton, any of those games stand out or teams stand out to you from week week four's game of slate of games? Uh, I mean, really, you got to look at what the Cardinals did. That that was a pretty impressive win by them. The Chargers, I think the Chargers look really good. Um, and the Bills look really good. Uh, really, Andy, the AFC has been a little surprising. Some of the top-tier teams have looked very weak. And now you have the kind of like second class of the AFC from years past, the Bills, the Chargers. You, you know what I mean, Andy? The Browns. You you see a, a kind of like a raising of them while the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Steelers have really struggled this season. Yeah, like um, the Chiefs and Ravens both had three or two wins, but honestly, like the Ravens got lucky for beating the uh, Lions, and they should be two and two also. So it, it's really interesting to look how – nice or how i would say level playing field the afc is right now um the nfc i think you have clear classes i don't know if you'll agree with me andy but in my opinion you you got a top tier thing that includes the rams packers cardinals and bucks maybe the cowboys are there andy i don't know it depends how healthy they stay and if their defense keeps on looking the way they do like the Cowboys really haven't played the best opponents yet, so I'm interested to see if they can have a statement win like the Rams have got early in their season or Cardinals have got early in their season. Um, but let's be honest, Andy, like the Cardinals aren't really an undefeated team. They should have lost to the Vikings. Um, I know Cardinals fans are going to get angry about that. You guys played great against the Rams, and the Rams were kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. But overall, it's a really, really competitive year, Andy, going into week five. Yeah, Ashton, I think we need to give more credit to the AFC and how deep it is. And on top of that, I think you need to give a little more credit to the Cardinals. Now, like I, like you said, they did barely beat the Vikings, but the Browns almost 
only won by a touchdown against the Vikings. Vikings have a solid team that if teams aren't careful, they will beat. Vikings just have a tough schedule, and I think that's where their numbers are. Their bad record is coming from. But I wonder who could have predicted predicted that. Let's look at their AFC. Let's look at the AFC Ashton. They we have of the top eight teams, seven of them are three and one. The only team that's not is the only team that's in the playoff that isn't three and one are the Titans because someone has to win the AFC South. They are on top right now. But you get the Chargers leading the pack, three and one, Bengals two, three and one, Bills three at three and one, four Titans, five Raiders, Ravens at six, Broncos at seven, and the Browns just missing the playoffs, even though they're three and one. So very deep. Chiefs are at nine, if that tells you anything. We still have the Patriots that that are looking solid but need to get more wins. The Dolphins have definitely fell from grace. We'll get to that in a second. On the NFC side, you see a little bit more top-heavy, right? Cardinals are number one, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Cowboys from the uh, NFC East, looking like that is their division to lose now. You got the Bucks, the Packers, the Rams, the Panthers, and the football team. Who would have guessed, Ashton? I know you wouldn't, I wouldn't, but the NFC East currently having two teams in the playoff. That's crazy, and that's because the NFC West are losing to each other, as we see the 49ers lose this week as well so they're losing to each other and that that can keep more than that third and they could keep that third nfc west team from making the the playoffs yeah andy um the nfc looks very again like i said earlier very competitive um you got at Eight, the Bears barely missing, and the Seahawks and 49ers right below them. Um, it, like you said, the NFC West is going to be beat up on each other. And, you know, you'll see a little bit. Uh, I really do think, Andy, there's a good chance the NFC West has three teams in the playoffs, if not all four. I think there's a good chance because all four of those teams are quality football teams, Andy, that it, on any weekend can beat you. Um, I wouldn't go far as to say all four. That is almost, it's not almost impossible, but it's super, super difficult in today's NFL. But I could see three. I mean, it's probably going to be, it's going to be the Seahawks or the, the Niners, but I could definitely see three. All right, Andy, let's go ahead and move down to the Rams and uh, Finns breakdown for both games. <laughs> uh, Andy. Man, uh, you guys look like um, you look like you struggled. You look, look gar- like you struggled. We look complete garbage, Ashton. You don't got to sugarcoat this. We all know it. The Dolphins fans know it. Dolphins Twitter knows it. The country now knows it. That that ten and six season seems like it was a fluke. Like we shouldn't have won those games. And I don't, you know. Let's break this down because I know both me and you and our games aren't going to be the happiest to our teams, and that's fine. They can We need to criticize them when it's time to criticize them. But let, let's break down that game, right, Ashton? So we lose 27-17. The score looks closer than it was, but the Colts definitely dominated us the entire game. We barely scored any points up until the last quarter. I believe we scored like two of our touchdowns in the last quarter alone. So let that let – that, uh, think of that as what you want, but – we really got beat all throughout the game. Two offensive coordinators, again, they both need to be fired. They look absolutely terrible, right? Jacoby Brissett, 
20 for 30 on the day, 199 yards and two touchdowns. He did okay, but he cannot be the answer when our offensive line is the worst in the league, and I stand by that. It is so bad. They have such terrible ratings across any kind of platform you want to look, PFF, CBS, whatever. They're terrible. Look at the run game. Look at our running game. We run the ball 16 times for 35 yards of rushing. That is abysmally bad. That's just above two yards of carry for the entire game averaging. And our leading runner, our leading rusher, was Malcolm Brown. I don't know what's going on with Miles Gaskin. If if our, our coordinators don't like him, they don't believe in him, but he will not, he's not getting any touches at all. And we can't run the ball. So when you can't run the ball because your offensive line allows them to consistently get tackled, consistently get sacked, then you are forced to pass more times and you have a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett who isn't terrible but isn't going to do enough to get you wins. It's a recipe for disaster. We're not using a Waddle to his full potential. We're using him as a screen player when he is clearly a guy who likes to run slants and go deep and cut and beat you in space like Cooper Cup likes to do. But no, we want to use them as a screen monster, as a reception monster. We'll throw you for two yards and you go make it work. It's not going to work. Well, Fuller gets hurt again on the day. Jaseki is barely involved in our offense. It's just so abysmal, the offensive side of the ball, that the defense has no chance. The defense was fine enough in the game. Continue their turnover streak. Only allowed 27 points, which, again, you wanted 20 or less. But when you're not on the field, hardly ever. You're, that's that's to be expected. So the defense is middle of the pack this year, middle like 16th or 17th in, in, in the NFL because they're always on the field. It's awful. You're going to see Brian Flores is definitely getting on the hot seat, and if he doesn't make a change to the offensive coordinator or do something with the offensive line, whether it be a trade or go in and get signing some of these free agents like Mitchell Schwartz or others, he will be he could be fired at the end of the year. I don't want that to happen. But something is just terribly wrong with this team this year. We have a defense that's good, but the offense is so much worse than anyone could have ever predicted. And I just don't know where to go from here, Ashton, because next week we play Tampa. We play Tampa in Tampa Bay. We're going to get blown out, and you're going to be sitting at a 1-4 record with nowhere to go, no, no hope other than maybe a Jaguar victory. And still, if Jacksonville plays like they did against Cincinnati last Thursday, they could beat us because our offense is that bad. It's it's awful, Ashton, and I'm really not excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, Andy, uh, from the outside looking in, it definitely looks like you guys have a few um, problems. A few is probably understating it. And a lot of it, you know, I think you guys should try to go out and trade uh, for a QB. Like, you, you got to turn it around if you want to save the season. If you guys are serious about making this a winning season, a playoff season. The problem um, the problem with that, Ashton, for trading with the quarterback is, like, I get it, right? Two has not been Herbert, right? But there's no line there to protect any quarterback. Andrew Luck retired from the Colts because his own line couldn't protect him, even though he was good. So, to me, I don't think we should trade for a quarterback until our offensive line can just block anybody then trade for alignment i'm like, okay i said you... that we should i totally think we should we it's awful because now the way we had the trade last year in the draft the eagles own our first round pick so it's looking like the eagles are gonna have could have two top 15 picks 
Yeah, Andy, it, it doesn't look like a good situation, but I do believe in your head coach still. I do think Brian uh, Flores is a good coach, and hopefully he turns around the offensive side of it because that's holding back your football team a lot, and that's why you're losing games right now. Your defense isn't helping, but really not. you shouldn't need a top-five defense to win games. Like, that's ridiculous. And that's the only way we won games last year, Ashton, was having such a great turnover and point-scoring opportunity defense. Yeah. So, Andy, let's go ahead and uh, uh, talk about the Rams' loss. Um, There's no other way. I know on our uh, little spreadsheet we do before the podcast, Andy, um, we we typically lay out and describe the games, and I just put the Rams play bad. Like, that's – I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from the Cardinals. The Cardinals played excellent. Um, how I've described it so far to people is like we ran into a buzzsaw while being drunk and shooting ourselves in the foot. And when you do that against a good team, and the Cardinals are a good team, you're going to lose. This was all the makings of a really fun-to-watch shootout style game where whoever has the ball last is going to take an opportunity to win the game. And the Rams just started shooting themselves in the foot. And uh, up to this point, the Rams were the least penalized team in the league with seven penalties over three games. I believe they got like 11 this match or this game. It was pretty awful, Andy. Um, they were just sloppy. Um, uh, it, it might be a trend with Sean McVay, but I feel like sometimes, especially when he thinks he has a game in the bag, um, when he, uh, they have a game in the bag, uh, it, it seems like the team doesn't prepare and comes out flat. And uh, it, it's really... I won't say it's troublesome. I think a lot of people have overreacted to this game, Andy, especially on the Rams side. Um, some people forget Tampa Bay started off last year like 7-5 and five after their first 14 games. Like They weren't looking good at a certain point in the season. And you just got to realize it's a long season. It's still no excuse for playing the way they did. But when you play that way and you play a good team, you're going to lose. And they definitely lost. Um at a certain point, I believe, like, in the early third, the Rams would have needed, like, two defensive touchdowns to have a chance. And it just – when you have a game like that, it's um, pretty sad. I hope the team learns from it because it's a good team. Uh, I think anyone who says it's not a good team based off of one loss, I think they're kidding themselves. And this is the type of loss I expected against Tampa Bay. So um, I'm not shocked it happened this early in the year. It's a new system, new QB. You're going to take time to grow. And um, people calling for a defensive coordinator to get fired, I think that's a little ridiculous too. Um, Am I the biggest fan of how he's playing the defense? No. Uh, But we are a team that's built to hold leads, uh, get the lead in the first half, or start the second half tied and then get the lead in the third quarter and kind of suffocate the other teams going on. Um, we are not a great – we're just not a team that's really built to come back, and that's going to be the key for the rest of the season is getting those leads and then starting to suffocate the other teams. 
because when we can control the tempo, this Rams offense is magical, beautiful. They can throw all over you. But uh, that definitely wasn't them or the way they played against Arizona. And, you know, when you have Stafford over underthrowing one TD to get interception, overthrowing to miss a TD to Cup, and then you have Cup dropping another TD, that's 14 points right there just dropped. So, it, you know, these games happen, and I'm still happy with the team, how they've been playing so far, and I hope I'll start to get worried if they do the same thing against Seattle. So we'll see how it goes on from here. I think the key to look at for this game, Ashton, is that Matthew Stafford finally kind of came back down to earth, right? He started off so, so hot the first three weeks of the season, looked phenomenal in the new McVay system, and he still is good. But I think we finally see him having, you know, a tougher game, right? He He's playing a tougher team in the Cardinals, and he didn't do terrible, but he definitely did not help you guys win like he should have, right? He throws a pick, bad pass. He's overthrowing and underthrowing players. Cooper Cup especially had 13 targets his way, only catching him for five of them. That's a problem. When your best receiver, best rack in the NFL personally, is not being able to catch the ball, some of it's his fault. Some of it's Stafford's fault. But you just not, did not have the same connection that we were seeing the first three weeks. And that happens, right? You're not going to have a perfect game every single game. You mix that in with, like I said, with the one Stafford interception. You also have a fumble the that fumble, you lost. Yeah. You give the, the, the fumble was honestly, Andy, the play that broke our back. I, I feel like the team just wasn't – it was like we've had, like especially in this season, we've had first quarters where the team is just slow to start. It, I feel like we under McVay, we've always been a second-half team, and I always tell you that. Um, it's not just because of his stat, but when you're watching them, they're just – very slow to get warmed up but like after the first quarter typically we're really good but that just never happened and then when they get a two touchdown lead and then you have a fumble in the 30 I believe it was two touchdowns or they were up like 11 points and then we get a fumble against a team like the Cardinals and how they're moving the ball on you you lost that game at that point unless if they make a major mistake and they act like idiots which most NFL teams won't do, you you know, they, they have the win. And uh, it's something I hope the team learned from it. And, uh, yeah, it was not pretty to listen to. I was driving home on a six-hour drive, and I was just like, I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, they're just playing bad, and the Cardinals are playing great. And um, – all their, their receivers were catching everything and catching contested catches, and our guys were just dropping. I was like, that's sometimes you have those games. And I'd rather have it now, Andy. I'd rather than in the playoffs. I'd rather have them rusty now and getting used to defenses game now. I'd rather have our offense have their bad days now. That way they know and they learn from this experience. And a lot of the NFL is growing from your losses, and the teams that can do that, are always the teams that are left over in January. There are three pivotal moments in this game, Ash, and I think gave it to the Cardinals. You look in the first quarter, that early interception that led to Cardinals touchdown off of a turnover. You look before the half, before half, a fumble that led to another touchdown off of a turnover for the Cardinals that put them up by 11 points before the half until obviously you guys came and gave them, got, got a quick field goal. 
and they got another field goal as well. But and then you look at the end, um, and towards the end of the later part of the second half, and you guys missed a field goal. So you that's fourteen points plus the three that could have went your way. That's a seventeen point differential that just you can't overcome. Sometimes uh, I still think that it's not. It's definitely not time to hit the panic button on the Rams. They're still my uh, NFC Super Bowl favorite. Uh, but you got to give props to the Cardinals. They're playing phenomenal this year. They're undefeated. Kyler Murray has been looking so, so good. And A.J. Green has come alive again with the Cardinals. And they still got D-Hop on that receiver core. So they're a scary team. Chase Edmonds has been playing fantastic for the Cardinals as well. So, um, But I do think the Rams can, can get it figured out. It's one game. They're probably going to lose two or three more. That's just the way the NFL works. You're not going to go undefeated. That's so rare and probably will never happen again with 17 games. So it is what it is. You have a bad week. You move on. And, and you know, the Rams will uh, look for uh, the Seahawks this Thursday. Yeah, Andy, uh, that Thursday night game should be an entertaining one on prime time. Uh, Andy, uh, overall, let's go ahead and move on to our very, very awesome segment where we go ahead and break down our rapid five questions of the week. Um, Andy, uh, your bet for how long Urban Meyer will last? How many weeks? Um, he's gonna be fired uh, Monday morning. No, <laughs> oh, you, you, I'll give him two weeks. How about that? Um, next, time lo- next time they lose the game, he's gonna be fired. I truly believe that he's on that kind of short of a leash. Okay. Well, we'll see after Sunday night. Um, let's go ahead and go to, are the Rams still contenders after blowout loss to the Cardinals? Uh, I think you just said it. That's that's a yes. Um, I agree with you. Again, I think people are kind of overblowing, and the media will always do this. They over overblow everything. Um, is it a bad loss? Yeah, and I think Sean McVay should take some uh, blame for it. But they will move on, and I think it's a good overall team, and they've shown that in the first three weeks. Uh, Let's go ahead and go to the next one. What's the most surprising team um, up to this point in the NFL? Uh, Andy, uh, who's your most surprising team? I got the Raiders. Um, Raiders. I say that that because Cowboys have always had the talent there, just never could kind of get it together. Dak Prescott's back playing great. Ezekiel Elliott's finally starting to play a little better now as well. You look at a team like the Cowboys, who's the, I just said Cowboys, sorry, the Bengals, that are also 3-1, and one, but that offense was always there. It was always about the defense. So I don't think it's as shocking uh, of a transition for them to start winning some of these games. Plus, they haven't had um, the hardest of schedules up to this point as well. Uh, you look at the Panthers, a lot of youngsters. I, I saw them, I think both me and you saw them as a, as a fringe playoff team, along with the Broncos, the same way, how they have a lot of talent, and it's a fringe. It's just finding that last quarterback piece. The Raiders, to me, was a team that, for the most part, are virtually the same this season as they were last season. It's just Derek Carr is playing so much better and actually creating plays and extending plays and not just following the system that we've seen him follow for such such a long time with Gruden and even pre-Gruden. And I think the Raiders are finally starting, Carr especially, is finally starting to get a little more creative on the offense, and that's paying dividends as you have 
a guy like uh, Brian Edwards, who I believe up until week four, and I believe still has the most uh, yards after contact, uh, like best catching with contact yards. And you look at Henry Ruggs, who's been playing fantastic as well. And Darren, we know how good Darren Waller is. And the defense with Max Crosby is starting to play better. And I just think Raiders have lived, have, have played a lot better than anyone thought. And just because they lost to the Chargers, it's not it's not a big deal because the Chargers are a solid, solid, going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I will uh, pick the other side of that matchup that they lost to. I really um, think the Chargers are surprising the other people. I know uh, you know me, Andy. I had the Chargers in the AFC Championship um, before this season. I really had a good feeling about this Chargers team. They have all the elements of being a really good playoff team. And I think Brandon Staley did wonders on the Rams defense last year. And I think he's starting to do that with the Chargers defense this year. And that's all the Chargers needed was a good defensive scheme to be implemented because they have great players. They've had the talent for three or four years now. They just haven't put it together. And getting a QB like Herbert, sign me up. I, I, I really do think they're a great team. And, uh, yeah, beating the Raiders, I think that was a big test for the Chargers. And you know, Andy, uh, last two years, they've lost the most single-score games. And um, you're starting to see them win some of those close games, where in past years, they just choked. Yep, 100%. The, the Chargers are a great team that both me and you were pretty high on going into the season. Ashton, right now, the fourth question we have. Conference title games. If you had to pick two teams to represent in the conference championship, obviously we don't know exactly how the uh, bracket will play out. Maybe they'll play each other in the divisional instead of the conference championship. But regardless, if you look at the NFC and the AFC respectively, what are your two conference title game matchups? Uh, Andy, I will stick with, um, I believe last week I had Bills versus Chargers. They really do look like the best teams in the AFC, Andy. I think they have their own kind of like um, – it's a little bit closer between the second tier and the first tier in the AFC than it is the NFC, but I really do think they're in that top tier. They both have complete teams on both sides of the balls, and that's why they're two of the only three three-and-one teams. I'm going to go with one of those teams, the Bills. And I'm going to have them facing the Chiefs. Now, like a lot of people are selling stock way too quickly on the Chiefs because they have two losses. One was the Ravens, and they lost. Uh, the team is just completely going out of my mind, Ash, and the other team they lost to. Uh, they lost two Chargers. The Chargers, okay. So they lost to two fantastic football teams, two playoff teams. It's okay that they are not in the indestructible juggernauts that we've seen them be. They're not going to be the team that only loses two games this year. It, it happens, right? I still think the Chiefs are the team to beat. I think they just played really good teams. They have a combined their tie with with the Chargers with the their best opponent. Like the opponent's record is is the highest, meaning they played bet the best opponents outside of the Chargers, right? So I think those two teams are are, are my AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. And for the NFC, I still got to give it to the Rams. And I think it'll be Rams v. Mm, yeah, I'll throw in a wild one. I think it'll be Rams v. Panthers. 
I would love to see the Panthers make it out, and I really do uh, with J.C. Horn's injury, and we still don't know how long McCaffrey's going to be out. That could cost him crucial games and have them having to play a different matchup that we don't like to see. So I'm not going to go with the Panthers. I will agree with you with the Rams being in the NFC Championship game, and I will have them playing your favorite team in the world to face, Ashton, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Finally, Ashton, the question I have is how long – or not how long, but what comes first? Brian Flores getting fired or Brian Flores firing a coordinator? Uh, coordinator. I think uh, some teams will scapegoat the coordinators first. Uh, when he starts to feel like he's about to get fired, he'll fire his coordinators, hire new ones, and he'll probably get two or three games to uh, get wins. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that kind of works out for him. I'm going to say Brian Flores is going to be fired first. I don't agree with it, but I, I do think if this team continues on the trajectory this year and we finish with a losing record, I could see our team owner, Mr. Ross, Stephen Ross, firing him before he gets a chance to change coordinators. Yep. Well, Andy, uh, it's been a wild week. I think uh, week, I think we're going to say that a lot this this year, especially because I feel like a lot of top-tier teams have started out slow. We'll see if they regain and if the natural order of the NFL gets reinstated in the next few weeks. But uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Please like or subscribe and comment if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Pod- Podcasts. Every comment helps, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. <laughs>